And um, today, this is Chaf Aleph in Tammuz. It's Yemei Ben Amitzarim. And before we start, um, I would like to speak about, before we approach to the point of education, of course, I would like to tell you a story that together we can see how Hashem is managing the world and how each one of us has Hashgacha um, Pratit, a private supervision from the heaven that Hashem look after us and Hashem watches us and Hashem support us even if we have and we experience some hard times. Hashem is always behind us. Well, our story started actually 20 years ago. There was one of the Avrahim in Benebrak. Uh, he was so poor. He has no parnasa, has no money. And he has eight kids, eight children. And the oldest one was a girl. And she already reached to 20 years old. And he has no money to pay for the engagement, for her marriage. So she didn't even take some suggestion from the society. People try to suggest some shiduchim, but the family always said, we're not hearing shiduchim suggestion right now. And nobody really knows why. So the real reason was that the father of the family has no money, even for a simple suit for the event. Of course, not for engagement, marriage, all the gifts, the presents, nothing. In his sorrow, he approached to his Rosh Kolel, his rabbi in the Kolel, and he told him, what he's struggling with. And the rabbi told him, look, your story is very, very, make me sorrow, and I would like to help you. But I don't have money of my own, but I have a suggestion for you, and I hope my suggestion is going to help you. So he told him, look, I have a list of rich people in New York they are very, very rich people. And they give some donation every year for the kolel that enable us to sit here and learning Torah all over the year. Now, don't give this list to anyone, but you are something special. Your story is very touching, and I know how many efforts you put in Limut Torah and how you matmid and you have the values of the Torah so inside, deep down your heart. You so learning good and you so love the Torah. So for me, it's meaningful to try to help you. So take this list. And I just suggest you to knock on door to door, door to door, to ask for the nation, tell them their, your story. Tell them that I sent you, and I hope in the end of your visit in New York, you'll be able to give. You will have the budget for engagement, for gifts, for the waiting, for everything. So that Avrech told him, Thank you very much, but you know, I have no money even for one-way ticket. So we told him, don't worry about that. I can arrange you some uh, uh, gemach, and, uh, and uh, they will give you a loan for $1,000, and you have a ticket. Um... Bezrat Hashem, I hope when you come back, you will be able to pay that back. But for now, here is $1,000. 
go buy a ticket, and Bezrat Hashem, when you come back, you will have money. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi. I so appreciate that. Thank you very much. The Avrech said, and he's gone. A few days after, he was on a flight to New York. The Rosh Kolel, his rabbi, arranged him some house to host him. One of the Hashuvim of the Kehillah hosted him in his house, and he arrived for the first time he visited New York. So he took a rest for uh, a few hours, and then he started his real journey from door to door, from door to door, from house to house, just trying to collect money for his children's wedding. And in the first house, he knocking at the door. The owner opened the door, and he told him, yes, how can I help you? So he told him, the Roshkola, the famous Roshkola from Israel sent me to you, and my story is so and so, and I really need money, and please, can you help me? So this Choshev of the Kehillah told him, okay, wait a minute. He went to his room, and he came back with $10 bill. $10. That's it? He didn't say that's it, but he just say thank you very much. I really appreciate that. He put it in his pocket, and he went out. Then he went to the other house. And in the other house, the owner gave him $20. And then from house to house, from home to home, from owner to owner, $20, $10, $5, $7, almost nothing. In the end of the week, he collected $300. That's it. Not enough even to cover his e-ticket or what he can do. His visit supposed to be only for two weeks. And one week, he already spent. So he talked to his wife in Arab Shabbat, and he told her, Look, I don't know what's going on, but I didn't gain any money. $300, that's it. So he's what? Uh, we sorry about the technical issues. So his wife told him, Look, don't worry about that. Bezrat Hashem, Hashem is going to be after you. Don't worry about that. You have five days more. And Bezrat Hashem, you will gain some money. In the next week, it's going to be different. Just try to be mitchazek in bitachon, in emunah, in confidence in Hashem. Don't worry about anything. Everything will be just fine. So... He hanged up the phone and he spent the Shabbat. It was really great Shabbat with uh, with his host, uh, with someone who hosts him. It was a great meal. Everything just was just fine. Sunday morning, he tried to go to the rest of the to the list to the people from door to door, and the same story repeated itself. but that's it. No any uh, proper donations. Um, So, actually, he spent the second week also, and Thursday morning, it actually arrived. And in this evening, he has to take a flight back to Israel. And he earned only 
$1,500. A half of his uh, duty just for the Gemach. What he can do? And uh, in 2 p.m., he actually was packaging his his briefcase, and that's it. He said hello to, say bye-bye to the people who host him. And then the owner of the house told him, "Look, you're gonna be, you you're gonna pay fifty dollars for the taxi to take you back to JFK. Look, I will be able to give you my car, put your luggage into my car. My son, my son, uh, actually." Uh, supposed to come back from Israel, he's going to meet you in the airport, pass him the keys of the car, and he used the car to come back to my house. So we can save double your money for the taxi and his money. Okay, it's okay for you? So then Avrach said, okay, that's just fine. So he loaded his luggage into the car, and he started driving the direction of JFK. And when he was driving a car, he has a very sad thought. He said to himself, he looked at the, he looked at the sky and he said, Hashem, why you did it to me? Didn't I try harder to learn Torah, to be matmid, to be tzaddik? I put a lot of effort to this. Why, Hashem, why you did it to me? It's not enough my suffer that I have no money, that I see my oldest daughter, how she's getting older and older, and I have no money to help her. That's what I really needed right now. A two weeks nightmare trip to New York. That's what I need right now. Hashem, why you did it to me? Do I so, so, so rasha? I so evil? Why you did it to me? And because of his deep, sad thoughts, he didn't notice the signs of the way, and he took a wrong exit. And then he went on a free highway. Three hours of one direction driving. No any place to make a parking, to make a U-turn. Just, he has to ride for three hours. Suddenly, the cell phone in the car and the speaker ringing. He pick up the phone and he sounds the owner of the house, someone who hosts him. He told him, where are you? My son is waiting to you. What's happened to you? And then he told him, you know what? Uh, I feel very ashamed, but I think I took a free highway for... It's going to be three hours each direction. And then he told him, what? What have you done? Are you crazy? It's not enough that I hosted you for two weeks here, and I gave you my car, and that's what I get? Now you lost your flight. And you're going to stay here for Shabbat? And my son waiting to you and he doesn't know what to do. He's very frustrated right now. I'm really angry with you. And he hanged up the phone. He felt so bad with himself. And that Avrech was driving a car and his tears started to fall down. Why Hashem? Why? He looked at the heaven and he said, Why? What do you want from me? Why you did it to me? Am I so rasha? I'm so evil? Why you did it to me? But if he thought that his series of horrible cases just ended, I'm sorry to tell you that at this point, 
they just farted. During their travel, he started to feel the mechila. He started to feel that he needed a bathroom. He must get a toilet right now. But there is no even space to stop the car aside. He just must keep driving with all the cars around him. And his pressure getting higher and higher. He must find a toilet around, but there is no even option to stay aside. He didn't know what to do, and he feels that the pressure, he cannot ha- handle with it. After a half an hour of this Yisurim, then he noticed in the right side of the, of the road, there was a little path with a small Christian uh, cemetery. Christian cemetery. And he saw from far, he saw the toilet. So he pulled over and he stopped the car and he started running from the car to the toilet. But in the gate, in the entrance to the cemetery, there was one of the guards and the guard told him, give me your passport, please. Give me your ID. So he just picked from his pocket all his papers, just throwing on his table and running to the toilet. And finally, he can do what he needed to do. And then he went out. Oh, so calm. And he said, Birkata Adam, in a so big Kavana. Sometimes we not know how to appreciate the ability, the simple abilities that Hashem gave us. Like to use the toilet. And then he finished Baruch Atah Hashem, Rufechol Basarum Afila Asot. And then he went to the guard, and the guard gave him his IDs, his papers back. He said bye bye, and that's it. He took the car until he found the, the place to make a U turn, and he made a U turn three hours back. And he spent a terrible Shabbat. He was so shy. He felt so ashamed because what he did to the owner of the house who hosted him. And then in Motsai Shabbat, in Saturday night, he took the first flight back to Israel. And all over the way, his tears just falling down out of control. He came back to Israel for one week. He just fell in his bed. He cannot talk. He cannot speak. He cannot. He doesn't want to look at anyone. And after one week, he came back to the kollel. He tried to find a way how to pay for the gemach, for the $1,000. And the Rosh Kollel told him, don't worry about that. You did your part. You did your hishtadlut. You did what Hashem wants from you to do. Now, you're waiting for the Yeshua, you have to pray. But you don't have to do anything more. You did your best. That's it. Hashem demands you just to put an effort to try and help your daughter to get married. But not more than that. So don't be so, so sorry about that. Three months passed. One afternoon, he came back from his kollel, and before he reached to his apartment, he saw an envelope in English right on it from a lawyer office in New York. Lawyer office in New York? What do I have to do with the lawyer in New York? He opened the envelope, and he started reading to Mr. Plony Almoni, that was his name. ID number 
it's matched to his number. We want you to know that because you was participate in the funeral of the huge rich people, the, the huge rich man, which called Johnny Johnson, that he died with no children, and he had uh, a secret paper in our office that he said, I want to test my friends. I want to know who is my real friend and who is the friend of my money. So when I'm going to die, I want you to divide my, uh, my assets, my money, all my inheriting to who come to my funeral. And you was one of the ten people that participated in his funeral. So we took your number, we took your details. Please send us your uh, bank details, and we're going to give you a few, uh, a few millions of dollars for your participation. And we really appreciate you and have a signature of the law of the lawyer office. When, why do I tell you this story? Because recently, we're always hearing about tragedies. We're always hearing about bad things that happen to good men, to good people. And it's like what Chazaz in Hastara Hashem says that one of the properties of the last generation, the Ikveta Dimshicha generation, is going to be the Nisayon in Emuna, the Nisayon in Bitachon, the Nisayon in the darkness. We don't see Hashem so clear. Hashem is hiding in a hiding place, and we don't know why. Because this is the main mission of the last generation. To find Hashem in any case. In any simple thing in the world. But the cases which reach to the headlines, which reach to the radio, to the newspaper, is only the bad cases of people, of the humankind. Tragedies, disasters. Horrible things. And I'm standing and ask, tell me, do we forget the good things that Hashem gave us? Do we forget all the positive things that Hashem gives to each one of us every day, every single moment? So many Besorotovot has to people. How many healthy babies was born only this month. How many happy weddings was established in this in this month? How many people got a respected job that they so expected to get and they reached it, they gained it, they got it. But nobody talking about it. Nobody's going to make a, ha- uh, a headline in the newspaper. Hey, I got my job that I was expected for three years. Hey, I uh, succeeded to improve my income. Hey, I had a baby, a healthy baby. No one talking about it. We're always talking about the bad things. And in this point... I can tell you, it has much to do with education. Because if you want, if we want to raising the children in a healthy worldview on the world, in a heavy, in in a healthy perspective on the world, the first thing we have to inheriting them is the positive perspective of the world that the world is a good place.
place to live in. We have to try to highlight the positive experience that we have, and each one of us has many, many, many good positive experiences. But if just only a little finger hard to us and we wounded it, that's it. We forget everything. But you have a whole body health. No. But my little finger is very hard to me. I cut it with the knife. I'm so suffering. That's it. You minimize the picture of the world. You put a focus only on the crack in your in your little finger, that's it. You forget all the good things that Hashem gave to you. I think it's Hilul Hashem. And I decided to talk about that precisely in these three weeks of Emei Ben Hametzarim, that this is a time of poor Anut. This is a bad time for Am Israel. This is not a good time. But I think the tikkun for this, for these days, for this uh, season is that uh, we have to try to highlight the Yeshuot, the Nechamot, the good stuff that Hashem gave us to inheriting to our children that kind of view that kind of perspective on the world. So as a part of our special radio show today, I would like to invite you, dear listeners, to share with us a stories of Yeshuot. Each one of us has a private story about the Yeshua that he was so expected that Hashem will help him. And suddenly it happened. Good things are really happened. Every day, every single moment, share with us your story. Beside of that, of course, I'm inviting you to send us um, your questions, your dilemmas and in, in education, of course. Uh, this uh, radio show actually destined to dealing with educational issues. So a phone number for text messages is 347-927-8. Three nine eight. That's three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight for text messages only. If you want to share your stories with us and you want to call in, a phone number for call in is seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight. That's seven one eight six eight three. 5858. You can also write us an email. My email address is abrahameducation at gmail.com. Abraham Education, just uh, Abraham Education at gmail.com. So now we're going to a small vocal break and we'll be right back with you, with your stories, with uh, our topic, the main topic of this radio show. In Chinuch, stay with us. We'll be right back on air. Avakasha. Don't do it. 
Before we start your uh, questions, um, you can keep and send us your text messages, uh, a phone number for texting, 347-927-8398. That's 347-927-8398. If you have some questions in Chinuch, um, you're actually invited to do that. And if you want to call in, our phone number is 718 Now, to our main topic of this radio show. Well, the summer vacation is in the opening, and now it's the time for camping. Um, We actually have uh, two months that we have to be in one place with our children, and some parents say, well... This is my nightmare. I cannot even imagine to myself, to all my children, and me and my children, in the same place for two months, it's not going to happen. So we start to send them to camp, from camp to camp, and sometimes I can see from your questions, every year, every year, those kind of questions, questions actually repeated again and again. My son doesn't want to go to the camp. Every morning he makes some uh, issues. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know how is the society, the white society that he's meeting with when he's going to on a camp, when he's going on vacation. And sometimes we're really embarrassed and we don't know how to dealing with so many issues in one turkey. So let's try to divide this uh, issue to little parts and let's try to start touch part of it. And Bezat Hashem, in the next week, uh, we shall continue on the same topic of the summer vacation. Well, look, the society of a person, very, very important. We know the Rambam, the Rambam says in the Yad HaZakah, he writes in his book, he writes that Derech Bene Adam Liot Mushpaim Meod Meachivra. The way the personality structures works is that we impacted by our society. Our society actually influencing our mind, even if we don't want it, even if we try to reject, um, but that's it. So what we can do? And the Rambam says, he keeping in the right that, Im Adam chai behir shemin ageha raot v'anashea, the Rambam, the Maimonides, means to say that if you're living in a city, that the people around you, around you making evil, this is a bad society. It's not good for you. Don't tell to yourself, hey, I have a protection. I have my mind. I can defend my ways. Nobody is going to impact me. No, don't say that. And who say that? The Maimonides. And he has a suggestion for you. Or rather, a commandment for you. You have to run away and you have to, to move yourself to another city to change, to switch the schools of the kids, 
to leave your business, to leave your your homeland country, you have to go to another city because it cannot sit with the bad society. It's not good to you. It's going to destroy all your Avodat Hashem. And the Rambam says, if all the cities around you contains bad people who are making very, very evil deeds, Yivrach la'yarot ve'lamidbariot. You know what's name? You have to running away to the deserts, to the forests, to a place that people not used to live in. You have to be alone. Try to feed yourself from the trees around you, under the danger of wild beasts, wild animals. Besides to be, just not live in a bad place with a bad impact. <laughs> it's very, very, very difficult to accept that. But that's what the Maimonides says. So when we ask ourselves, do I send my son, do I send my daughter to a summer camp With a bad society, it's very dangerous. So first of all, we have to keep in mind which kind of society my son is going to meet there. It's not so simple, especially when we're talking about teenagers. Especially in teenagers. What kind of devices I'm sending with my son? Because of the summer camp, He's free to take his iPhone, his iPad. It's not so good for him. Especially when he's out of home. So first of all, we have to keep in mind that to make sure that the society is at least his close society. I mean, his friends from his classroom, from his yeshiva. But we know less or more, but we know that they're good for him. Okay. This is his basic society all over the years, so they go together to a camp. It's not so bad. Sometimes there's some homes that they feel, and in and, and, and this uh, sentence, actually, I attending to one of the questions that you sent to me right now, what we can do with the boy that he doesn't want to go, to go to the camp because he's missing to house, to his parents. But on the other hand, you must send him because they cannot stay with him for two months. So what we can do with this? Well, I want you to know that as I always saying in my radio shows, the basic deep base of our home has to establish on uh, warmth and affection. And we always have to expose, to show a warmth and affection to our children. Because I believe that every one of the parents actually loves his children. No doubt of it. But it's clear to me, it's clear to you as parents. But don't think it's so obvious to your children. Don't think they see that. Because the natural behavior of a house in the modern time, that he feels rejected. He feels that his parents have no time for him. He's just bothering them. We warp them to sit all over the day in their room to play with the devices or the computers. Just don't make me crazy, okay? No discipline issues. No combats. No combats between, between you and your sibling, okay? Just give me a quiet. That's what we want, and they know that. 
Now, if your children growing in a house that they don't feel beloved, that you don't show them warmth and affection, they don't feel it by hugs, kisses, a regular state of warmth and affection, if they don't feel it, it's very, very difficult for them to leave the house. Surprisingly. But that's the fact. You know why? Because they feel insecure. They feel that they don't secure outside. In a house that's full with warmth and affection, always warm and affection, there's not any issues. You know why? Because even if the child has to leave the house, going far away to a camp summer, to a summer camp, he feels the warmth and affection of his parents actually campaigning him to every place he went, to every place he goes. He feels the warmth and affection of his parents, the supportive. He feels them just like, just like they standing nearby to him. But precisely in a house that's always arguments with the kid, always we are busy with our things and not keep time for our children. We're not dedicating time for them. We don't show them, and I emphasize the word show, because I don't believe there are some parents don't like their kids, don't love their kids. It's impossible. But in the kids' perspective, they don't always realize that. They don't always notice the fact that you really love them because you don't have the time to show it. So you can live together at the same home. The parents fully convinced that they love their
not the regular schedule, the daily schedule. Please, try to increase your warmth and affection. Show your warmth and affection. It's not a matter of time. It's a matter of quality. I mean, even if you have 10 kids and you're dedicating two minutes or three minutes a day for each one of them, this is a matter of quality time, not the amount of the time, just the quality of the time. So I fully support it. The listeners, I really apologize from those many, many, many people who sent us uh, emails and text. Bezrat um, Hashem, in the next uh, in the next radio show, we shall read it. Let me to remind you, I'm available to answer your questions all over the week. Uh, every night, you can call me every night between 10 p.m. through 12 midnight Israel time. My American phone number is 917-8094-944. That's 917-8094-944. Also, we have the new project uh, of uh, private home visits, maybe for Chodesh Elul, Berlin Eder. So if you want to join to a private home visit that you get uh, a whole week of uh, consultation, of uh, consultation appointment, uh, that we campaign you and your family and your children, and then when my visit is over, uh, you get uh, two months more of uh, follow-up by the phone, follow-up service, uh, great, great, great uh, project. Uh, you can send me an email. Uh, my email is abrahameducation at gmail.com, abrahameducation at gmail.com, or you can just call me every night between 10 p.m. through 12 midnight and every Wednesday right after this radio show. My American phone number uh, is 917-8094944. I really want to thank, I really want to thank to uh, Mr. Hilaire for taking care about about the technical side of this radio show. Thank you to Nisim Lazari, the manager of this radio show. Thank you, you, dear listeners, and have a healthy uh, summer in Kaitz Bari. We'll be here at this, uh, in the next week at the same day, the same hour. Keep listening to J-Rate Radio. Bye-bye.